Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Pop Culture, the podcast that brings soft drinks to the top of the menu. I'm Kat Brown, arts journalist and author, and in this episode, I'm interviewing my illustrious co-host about her drinks habits. She's a film journalist. She's Empire Podcast's beloved geek queen. She's the author of the brilliant book, Women vs. Hollywood, The Fall and Rise of Women in Film. She's possibly the UK's number one connoisseur of fancy afternoon teas. It's Helen O'Hara. <laughs> oh man, you give me a much bigger intro than I give you. Now I feel terrible. <laughs> Damn it. Don't worry, you're not getting a Christmas present. This is oh, it. Well, that's fantastic. Then. <laughs> Helen, what are we drinking today? We are drinking Humble Warrior Natural Immunity. It's apparently powered by plants, and it's, this is the pineapple ginger flavour. I mean, I am a very humble warrior. I feel well, we it's, that it's about you. lovely to be. And I am powered by ginger as well. Oh, no, that's powered by plants. I'm powered by both. That's perfect. I love pineapple as well. Let's go. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Oh, it's quite gingery. Yeah, I was not expecting actual dry, fresh ginger. So often the ginger is, oh, I've vaguely been near a ginger ale once and, and that was it. That's really good. New to me as well, so I'm excited to try this. This is apparently, let's see, 26 calories per per can, not terribly sugary, and um, purely from plants. Mm. Which also, Each good. can delivers 100% of your daily vitamin C, so there's all the punch you need to own it like a warrior. Thank God for that. Mm. I'm not sure I would replace all of your other immunity-boosting <laughs> foodstuffs with this, but it is very nice. I read a really interesting wellness review in the Times the other day of shots. So like ginger shots, turmeric oh, yeah. shots, all of that sort of stuff. I think only one rated more than one or two out of five. The dietitian nutritionist who was reviewing them was just like, yeah, this is just uh, mostly a bit pointless. <laughs> oh, well... I'm not sure this is going to cure my cold after all. Dagnabbit. Well, I'm feeling much healthier just by drinking it, but it may just be because, again, I'm very easily <laughs> easily led by beautifully designed cans. Which it is. Yeah, that's true. This is this is a very sexy looking can. A sort of lovely, would you call that teal? Yeah, probably. At the top with some yellow and white highlights. A pineapple and ginger, though, a combination I don't think I've ever had before. But sure, go with it. Absolutely. Who are you and where do you come from? <laughs> My name's Helen O'Hara. I'm from Northern Ireland. Came over here for university and have never 
really gone back. Obviously, I have for, for visits. Hi, mum. But, you know, not, not permanently since. I, and I've been kicking around doing journalism in London for literally 20 years this week oh my gosh congratulations oh, which is makes me feel terrifyingly old but here we are i'm a lifelong non-drinker not for any particular reason so it's not a religious thing although fair play if it is for you it's not a traumatic history of, of alcoholism or, or similar diseases in the family i just never really started i will say actually there is a history of teetotalism in my family oh, my grandfather wow. was teetotal and my parents drink but like you know, a couple of times a month kind of thing. They'll drink if they go out, maybe, but they there's hardly ever any drink in the house. I mean, there'll be some weird things in the cupboard, mostly for baking with, and people who know me will be going, oh yes, baking, that makes sense for her. But it wasn't a very drinky culture as a house. So maybe that did affect my decision to just never really start. So what you're saying is you were brought up with healthy social boundaries, good load of self-esteem, self-respect... I mean, what an outrageous childhood, Helen, honestly, it, poor deprived thing. It was pretty hellish, yes. <laughs> when we first met, which was about 2005, you had just finished a year at Empire as their junior trainee writer and they had very sensibly snapped you up. And I just started as junior trainee writer on again on their Empire scholarship. You had also won. I was so surprised that anybody could go out ever without drinking booze. Thank you so much for persevering with my incredibly immature attitudes <laughs> to anything over the last 20 years. But also, how do you get through university? How do you get through a media career, mm. particularly early 2000s? And also, how do you get through living in Britain, which is yeah. not necessarily noted for its healthy attitude to alcohol? Well, I mean, I come from Northern Ireland as well, which uh, ditto. Honestly, by the time I got to university, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of been, been through it already for about four or five years where it had been weird that I didn't want to drink. One of my best friends, hello Justin, has literally never given up the quest to get me drinking. Um, and I've never said never. It's it's not a moral position. It's not a judgment. It's just I have never wanted to. If I ever want to, I will, I will start, I will have a drink, but I have never particularly wanted to. Perhaps something's wrong with me because I never quite saw the points. We had a lot of those, you know, talks that you have in school about how certain things are bad. We had a lot of the ones about how smoking was bad. And I was like, well, I don't understand why anyone smokes. So that's an easy one. OK, cool. And kind of similarly with drinking, you know, I don't know if they harped on about drinking being bad very much. I can't imagine that they did at a Catholic school in Northern Ireland in the, in the 90s. <laughs> But I never quite understood why people were doing it. So we're going back to that healthy sense of boundaries, self-respect. I mean, I mean, that is quite weird, Helen. It doesn't sound right, but I guess there's an element <laughs> of that. But I just never really cottoned onto it. And I think, again, the issue of non-judgment really does come into it because I benefit from people around me drinking. So if everyone else's inhibitions are lowered, if everyone else has like a 50% chance of remembering what they did that night, my inhibitions are also lowered and I can rely on everyone not really paying attention to or remembering what I did that night. Do you know what I mean? So I absolutely benefit from other people drinking. And I'm very conscious of that, actually. That's why it's never been a moral position. It's never been a, in any way kind of condemning drinking in my friends and in other people. It's just been I just didn't quite get why I had to do it as mm. well. And so, you know, I did get a bit of pressure in the early years and when I went up to uni and stuff like that. I will say, though, I think girls get less of that pressure than guys do. Mm. I think women understand that there might be reasons you don't want to get drunk. And I don't think men will buy that from each other. And I know of two non-drinking male friends who both independently, they never met, that I know of. <laughs> um, but they both claim to be allergic to alcohol. 
because that was the only way that their peers would stop bringing it up at every opportunity. And even then, it didn't entirely always work. I think I'm just bloody-minded enough as well. At a certain point, if people were still giving me grief for it, I was like, well, that is very much on you, not me. And, and I have found, and again, this may not be everyone, but I have found pe people have this image that non-drinkers are judgmental. Mm. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of fear in, in among drinkers that I'm sitting silently judging them. My experience is very much the other way around. My experience is very much that drinkers are judging me for not drinking and are quite angry sometimes at me for not drinking. And I have had a couple of occasions, not very many, but a couple where somebody tried to spike my drink. Oh, God. Um, not for any nefarious means, but just so I could, quote unquote, enter the fun. Oh, my God. Um, but the, th the thing about never having been a drinker is that no matter how little alcohol you think there is in it, and no matter how tasteless the, you think the alcohol is, I can tell because I have never trained myself to like alcohol. So mm. I can actually, you know, even that, that little bit of, you know, whatever, vodka or something that you just spiked my orange juice or whatever back in those days with, I can absolutely smell and it. And nothing says fun like enforced violation of boundaries. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've come a long way, all of us, I think. Yes. Certainly a few years ago, there was a real concern over what to say if people were like, oh, why aren't you drinking, whatever. Whereas now, fingers crossed, people are more, you do you, that's yeah. lovely. It wasn't, oh my God, you personally ruining my night by yeah. not drinking this is, uh, porn this is star a, martinis. It sometimes did seem like I was attacking them. And I'm like, I'm just over here trying to have a disappointing drink. Here's know? my overpriced tonic water. Thanks very much. Oh, I actually went to a restaurant this weekend that when myself and a couple of others around the table ordered Diet Cokes or Cokes, brought out mixer bottles. Oh my God, no. I'm like, come on, guys. This is not rocket science. I mean, I guess that way you're not getting watered down Coke. You're not getting mm. flat Coke. You're just getting a tiny, you're tiny amount of Coke. Tiny amount for a, a large sum of money. Presumably it wasn't written down on the menu. Well, thinking of menus, what do you usually go for? And actually that's very vague because that could it's be a crap, <laughs> a crap drinks menu or it could be a gorgeous and expansive yeah. one. Genuinely, most of the time when I go out, and this is beginning to change, but historically, nine times out of ten in my life, when I have gone out, my options have been very limited. And I have probably ended up having something like a Diet Coke because that's what there is. If I'm ordering water, I tend to go for tap water, partly because I think it's environmentally friendlier than bottled water, partly because maybe this is a stereotype of non-drinkers, but I do get the resentment of having to pay large amounts mm. for my drinks and I realize this isn't good for the restaurant industry and they're making a lot of money from drinks and they need me to drink but I do kind of resent paying three pounds for a bottle of water when I could just have tap water which mm. tastes broadly the same I mean there, there are some very nice bottled waters but not that many so often I end up just having tap water I will maybe get one drink to show willing it might be a diet coke on many menus because there's so little else mm. if I have the option even of a, a sprite zero I get excited <laughs> because I'm like well at least I have something that doesn't have sugar but also doesn't have caffeine and won't keep me up late mm. because honestly I'm, I'm that terrible person as well it's like well I don't want sugar because I don't want to be just drinking a chocolate bar when I could be eating one all the time obviously sometimes I'll have a sugary drink and that's fine I don't always want caffeine because sometimes it's past my bedtime and my bedtime is very early because I am that other hated and feared group, a morning person. And also a runner. And also a runner, admittedly. So if I don't want caffeine and I don't want sugar, on many menus that just leaves me sparkling water. Mm. I mean, 
Nothing else. I became my own worst person the other day when I was in a coffee shop and ordered a decaf hazelnut mocha with sugar-free syrup. (laughs) I was like, you revolting person. This is why you drank black coffee for years and years and years and years. I mean, sometimes you just... Sometimes, you know. I have been known to get a decaf myself just because I want the experience of having a coffee, a nice drink in my hand, and I don't want to be up. The poor person taking my order was just like, what even is the point of you? In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewellery, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What you do? <laughs> What is in your fridge? And also outside of the fridge, no soft drinks have to be stored. Well, I, I am trying to be more adventurous. And not just since we started doing this podcast, but even sort of before that. Again, because there are no options, I want to support them. I want to go out and I want to buy those mm. more interesting options. So I've tried the sort of seed lips and stuff. I've got a couple of bottles of Bax Botanics, which is another sort of alcohol-free spirit at the moment, which I quite like. At Christmas, my family, some of us drink, but not, not terribly heavily, the clinking sack of bottles being carried out of our house after Christmas is genuinely about 75% schlur. <laughs> So, even though it's packed with sugar, I will absolutely be having Schlur over Christmas. That is pretty much single-handedly tradition. keeping that brand going. Helen. Honestly, well done. myself and my sister could easily go through a bottle, and, uh, you know, <laughs> at a meal. It's just so drinkable. It is sugary, but it's oh, it's just very nice. Well, on that note, how would you describe your palate? Well, that is the other reason that I've been having, you know, Seedlip and Bax and various tonic waters and things like that. Is I am trying to be less dependent on sugar as a drink flavour. The downside of never having trained myself to like beer or wine, because I think everybody pretty much has to go through a phase of training themselves in Same for coffee. Yes, absolutely. So I never bothered with those. I I did train myself into liking coffee because I wanted something that would be sociable when Mm. I went to university. My aunt gave me this really lovely coffee set and I was like, right, I'm going to learn to like coffee and then I can have people over to my room and I can make them coffee. Oh, that is such a pre-college montage moment. It was, now looking back, I'm like, oh, and it did happen a couple of times. I had people over, we had coffee. So I can train myself into that, but nothing really else. So I'm now trying to, I guess, open myself up to new ideas and train myself into liking new things. And I I don't mind these seed lips and things like that. My only issue is that I do find the flavour of the tonic often overwhelms anything Mm. else that's going on in the drink. So I need some other options as mixers for those. And then these kind of drinks that we've been trying for the podcast have been fantastic. I've been really enjoying those. And I've been getting in things like Dash and Trip that are just, you know, a little bit more interesting than water, which is great. And, you know, I carry around my refillable water bottle all the time, every day. But you do want to branch out a bit. And you also want to reflect the moment. If something's happening, if it's a party, a wedding, if it's an end of whatever... 
you want to look like you're celebrating with everyone else and people do judge you for having a tap water in those circumstances. It's so interesting, isn't it, that visible issue around drinks? Because mm. you're so right, if you have a glass of tap water then people are sort of like, oh, you're reminding me of the outside world or yeah. a place where I haven't had my two litres a day or something like that. And Or it, you're just not part of the ritual. that yeah. we're, do- we're We're embracing a ritual here, which is that we are all drinking to the health of whatever and you're not really part of it so i have actually at weddings very frequently taken the glass of champagne when offered it for the toast and touched it to my lips because i'm not going to make a big fuss at a wedding especially mm. when people have put a huge amount of time and effort into planning and sort of go actually uh, do you have a sparkling non-alcoholic alternative because <laughs> i really don't like this at all and it's just for the, for the sake of t- yeah, touching Yeah, you're it right. To my lips. You pick it's your fine. moments. Exactly. I mean, this is it. You have to pick your battles. Historically, my attitude to all of the limitations has just been to mutter about it privately. But now I have a podcast, so I can air all my grievances in public. Our inner middle-aged white men are coming out at last. <laughs> what drives you completely nuts about not drinking? Public enemy number one has to be not having a freaking menu at all. Just not having a soft drink menu written down anywhere in your restaurant. Mm. And you would not believe how many places do not have one. Or a couple of places that I've been recently, they have a short list of mocktails, which have been very nice, the ones I've tried. And they may have a tea and coffee list. But if you want anything else, you have to physically ask. And if you want to know the prices, you have to ask Mm. and look like somebody who's concerned about the difference between the £2.50 and the £3 Coca-Cola and risk being judged for that, which in a cost of living crisis, none of us want to be judged for that. So nobody wants to ask, but it's all the more important to know what you're ordering. And I find it endlessly frustrating. When I ask a member of staff, the answer tends to be, oh, we have everything. But what they mean by everything is Coke, Diet Coke, Fanta, lemonade, and maybe an orange juice or an apple juice. I mean, the six essential food groups right there. I'm just scunnered with all of them. And by the way, often if it is, you know, an orange juice or an apple juice, sometimes I can see over the bar and I can see it's a supermarket value brand orange juice that you are pouring into a glass, adding too much ice to and then Mm. charging me £3.50 for. One of the hills I will die on is that there should be soft drink measures. I should know what I'm getting and it should be written down on a freaking menu. Well, fingers crossed we can uh, horrify (laughs) some restaurants into doing that over the course of this series. Do you have any drinks, memories, either from afternoon tea or otherwise, that live rent-free in your head? I think, honestly, you mentioned it when we talked here as well, but getting to the fat duck and finding they had a soft drink flight oh my God. was genuinely... And I actually didn't even end up ordering it that day because I was like, actually, some of these are beer substitutes or wine substitutes. Mm-hmm. They might not be for me. But I was just so grateful that it existed. And they had a fantastic list of mocktails and mixed juices as well. So I was well catered for even without that. But just going to anywhere like that and feeling taken care of... Mm. Another example is actually, and this is a slightly weird one, because we don't tend to think of tea and coffee as soft drinks. Talk about them as a totally separate category. But the first time I tried Lapsang Souchong and that kind of smokiness Mm. hit me was really like, oh, tea can actually be interesting. Why did no one tell me this before? Mm. This is fantastic. And so if that's on an afternoon tea menu, even if it doesn't really go with the rest of the tea, even if it's a very summery selection, I don't care. I'm getting the lapsang. I just think it's amazing. There's a huge amount to be said for tea that doesn't taste like lightly flavoured bath water. Mm-hmm. And we should actually say to listeners that whilst we say pop culture is a soft drinks podcast, that includes pretty much everything that is non-alcoholic. 
So we will be going down some perhaps seemingly mad avenues in that. Helen, as a last question, what are you most looking forward to exploring on the podcast? I'm really looking forward to learning about why some of this happens. So we have some people lined up who are going to tell us about the drinks that they make, why they make them that way, what goes into them, what are the decisions that have to be made, what are the forces that kind of shape the industry. Mm. So I've talked to someone who works with sugar levels in drink, you know, so we're going to talk to him and we're going to find out about what what determines some of those decisions. Because I would just really like to understand why some of this is happening. And I feel like this is going to really, really help me with that and hopefully get me over some of these resentments. <laughs> I'm going to become more zen as I go. God, so that's yeah, going to be a boring podcast and we have no more resentments. I have, I have no more issues. Everything is wonderful. Also just discovering some new drinks. I mean, mm. I've already discovered one that you brought with you uh, last time we spoke. And I think that's going to continue because we're both very actively now on the lookout for anything we can find that's interesting. And also people are now getting in touch with us and telling us about amazing drinks we have to try, which is super exciting. So if you have any of those, please do drop us a line because we want to explore everything. I also, by the way, I'm very excited about exploring weird little untold stories and maybe doing some research on stuff. For example, what is sarsaparilla? It's in every Western story ever. I believe it's non-alcoholic, but I have no clue what it is. So maybe we can find out together. I mean, that would be lovely because I literally have spent the last 20 odd years thinking it was a type of skirt. <laughs> well, I had a lovely email actually from Adam who said, personally, I'd love to hear a mention of Vedita. Delicious, easy to make and a million times cheaper than so many of the ghastly concoctions we're offered to drink. It's traditionally a tequila chaser, but as long as you skip that bit, it's a little known winner. And actually, I remember Vedita vividly from a London bar called Casita, where it was indeed a chaser. But I'm going to look that up because that was a very long time ago. And we really want to find some more of that. If you have anything that you would like to message into us, then please, by all means, contact the podcast, popculturedrinkspodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at popculturedrinkspodcast. Send us your favourite drinks. Send us anything that you'd like to explore, menus that you've seen recently that you'd like to celebrate or shame. That'll be wonderful. And we'll see you in the new year when we kick off proper. Have a lovely time. Bye. Happy New Year. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.